0: Welcome back to the IoT Podcast. I'm your host, Tom White. Every week we are joined by the biggest names in IoT to unravel the trends, misconceptions, and predictions for the Internet of Things. Before we get into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're watching or listening on and turn on that notification bell so you're never out of the loop. In this episode, I'm thrilled to have Olivier Bloch an IoT advisor and developer relations expert and former principal PM manager in IoT developer relations at Microsoft, join me on the IoT podcast. Olivier is your go-to expert for all things related to developers. In this episode, we'll explore the ever-evolving role of developers, the essential skills and knowledge areas for success, and the pivotal role of open source in driving innovation. Additionally, we'll delve into the intriguing concept of the industrial metaverse, unravelling myths, exploring realities and examining its impact on IoT development. Stay tuned, this one's going to be great. Before we get into the episode, shout out to one of our sponsors today, 5 g Tech. 5e Tech are specialists in finding people who make technology a force for good in the world. They bridge the gap between talent and deep tech businesses around the globe. Click the link in the description to find out more. Olivier, welcome to the IoT Podcast Show.
1: Thanks, Tom, for having me today.
0: You're very welcome. I've been looking forward to this. And of course, you're no stranger to podcasts and to media and production, certainly around the IoT topic, so really looking forward to getting into it. Um, Could you give us a little bit of a background about who you are and how you got into this world?
1: Definitely. Yes. For those who don't know me, I've been in the IoT space for 20 years plus. Um and uh lately as you know uh, a Microsoft employee as an evangelist, as a PM for IoT, both services in the cloud and devices. Uh and prior to that, I was a developer in the industry building uh, real-time systems uh and teaching other developers already how to use specific technologies in the real-time operating system domain. So that's that's my background and uh you know. I'm very into helping companies these days, uh, getting onto their IoT journey. I'm an advisor for IoT, as well as for um, developer engagements and relations. Uh, and I have some companies I'm working with that are pretty interesting, uh, but don't really know how to do IoT, either going the right direction with their choices, as well as how to engage with developers when they build platforms uh, or SaaS solutions. So that's, um, that's me.
0: Fantastic. Such a such a varied background as well. Um, and, and coming at this from multiple angles. One of one of the things that I'm really keen to, to get into into the conversation today is, that, is around that whole IoT developer piece. So um, I just read a blog of yours, I mentioned about, you know, is this still relevant today and what this actually means. Um, and I think this is really interesting actually, because I think, in my, in my opinion, Um, Over the years, there's been quite a lot of hype around IoT, which has uh, subsided a little bit recently with the whole generative AI piece. Um, But it's been a bit confusing, actually, what is an IoT developer? You know, is it embedded? Is it more cloud? Is it a mixture? What is it? And so this topic is fantastic. So in your view, Olivier, what is an IoT developer and what are the different types of involved? And this is still relevant right now.
1: Yeah, and... um... To, to kick off my blog post um, that you just mentioned, uh, that that really have been reflecting on um, myself having a background as an embedded developer to start with, and then I learned about their connectivity connectivity to a local infrastructure and then connectivity to the cloud and how the cloud is playing a bigger and bigger role in IoT scenarios. Uh, you know, it's, to me, the definition given by ChatGPT in that, I uh, copy pasted in my blog post. It's very interesting. It's a really about an, a multidisciplinary professional or professionals with an S, because we'll talk about the fact that IoT projects is, is more about teams than individuals. Um, these multi multidisciplinary professionals are able to grasp the big picture as well as understand the the, the in depth these technology that are involved in IoT solutions, and it goes from the electronics and how you interact with software, the software itself that is running on constrained devices, these constrained devices that are evolving or running in an environment that might be harsh or specific, Um, the, the, the requirement for different industries or different environments for this hardware, how this hardware is connected, how you manage the infrastructure for IoT devices with these field buses and networks, and then how you integrate these into the IT infrastructure, and then you go beyond that with the notion of managing the devices, provisioning them, deploying software updates, um, and you go then to the integration into broader systems. IoT in general is all about optimizing processes, grasping the insight you can get from processes, from uh, machines, from environment from people and extracting the insights to inject them into decision making and into business applications and so all in all that end-to-end of iot is very complex at all stages and iot developers in my perspective is is more of a of a set of teams or people who gather complementary skill sets that allow building these end-to-end solutions You'll have embedded developers. You'll have real-time systems developers. You'll have OT professionals that integrate these infrastructure of the IoT world into the IT space. And then you'll have developers building IoT solutions in the cloud. Understanding the constrained devices might not be able to, you know, debug or compile a real-time operating system or application, but they do understand it really well. And they know then when they need to deploy a new update, You know, there are requirements and constraints they need to take into account uh, and et cetera. I'm, I'm convinced there are many types of IoT developers, but that said, the term IoT developer to me is really interesting because you need to have these kind of developers who know and understand the big picture and have eventually an expertise in one of the areas, if not several. And these these professionals are very valuable because they have a very good understanding of that big picture, which is necessary to have an IoT system developed and deployed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I couldn't agree more by by virtue of what our group of businesses does. Right, you know, we're we're specialised in in resourcing and speaking to to fantastic IoT kind of exponents out there in the industry. Um, and I think you're right, you know people have to specialize in certain areas and you know it takes it takes more than one set of skills in order to bring this all together so in your opinion what are some of the particular skills and key skills uh that some of these developers have and that you might see in the industry
1: yeah i think something that's common is the um, the curiosity the the will to learn more to understand where that thing is going to be evolving and working and what is it going to do Um, I think it's very easy as a developer to, you know, put your, uh, you know, limiting um, view on, on what you're working on and kind of like end up in your code, in your mood. And you don't really know what this piece of code accrues to. It's very clean and it's bug free and it responds to requirements as input, output, whatever. But I think what you you need, and that's that's particularly true with IoT. It's not specific to IoT. I think there's other domains where you need to have the broader understanding of what's going on around. Um, I don't want any developer out there to feel like I'm I'm uh, demeaning what they're doing, but I think in the IoT space, you really need to be that curious person who, who will go beyond what has been asked of them. Because, you know, they will need to ask the questions, you know, they are asked to build an application for a device that does this or that, you know, and, and just to take the, the the freaking thermostat example that we all use in IoT, a piece of software might be about getting the temperature and sending it to the cloud, right? But then you need to start asking yourself questions or where is that device going to be, you know, is it going to be in a room? Is it going to be in an environment that's harsh for the device? Uh, should I consider that temperature to be, you know, uh, valid all the time? Are there uh, other information I need to um, align it or, or reconcile it with? Uh, do I have several of these sensors in the same room? Is it an average of these temperatures I need to send? Is it, uh, et cetera. And this is just one, like, tiny example. Uh, the other thing is technologies in this domain are evolving really fast extremely fast iot is the backbone of many solutions out there in the industry that are like all the enterprises are digitally transforming whether it's about asset tracking whether it's about remote monitoring whether it's about any kind of other iot um you know implementation or or solution um you you have bunch of technologies that are involved you know the the device technologies the connectivity technologies uh, AI is coming real quick onto, it's already in there, but it's evolving really fast onto the world of edge compute. Um, you you need to be able to be curious about and ingest a huge amount of information and, and be curious about these technologies. Go tinker, play with them, try them out. Um, there's not one way to do things. And I think IoT is one of the places where there is one way for every single solution out there. <laughs> because constraints are different the requirements are different for each and every single solution you build a robot arm for a factory floor that is you know building automotive parts in Germany and then the day after the same robot arm needs to manage with plastic pieces on a mounting chain uh, and and that same arm needs to be adapted to that different context different mission different everything same hardware but different implementation and solutions so this is another example of how you need to understand these various aspects of the IoT solutions really well, and understands all the technology that are related to or that are used in that solution that you're building or developing.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I can see, I can see, you know, why perhaps uh, some people can find this challenging actually, and I wondered if you could talk on on that a little bit more because. There are so many different permutations we talk about this arm for instance it could be doing this one day and another and another would you say that's one of the reasons why there's a a challenge around the the classic iot developer or what people see that as because it because it's so expansive uh is is that is that your view
1: yeah i think there are many right there are many challenges one of the the main one I would say is that there are many parts of IoT solutions that are not standardized yet. That are really open to choices. Too many, very often, and and there is a trend in the industry for rallying around industry standards. Right, we're seeing that with OPC UA, with MQTT, with like just to name some of these acronyms that people know in the realm of IoT. But there is an industry trend to rally around standards rather than. do do it yourself or reinvent the wheel, because the value add of IoT solutions is not in the communication protocol. It's not, well, it is for people who are building solutions for connecting devices, but it is not for the people implementing IoT solutions who want to extract the insights. The value for them is not to reinvent and redevelop their own protocol for communicating with devices. The value is in getting the data as Safely, securely, and and reliably as possible, so that they can extract the insights and inject the insights into decision making. So that's that's one of the challenges. Really, to me, is that diversity uh, that is out there with no real standards for devices, their communication protocols, uh, etc. So there are standards, many of them, that are linked to vertical to specific industries. Uh, and and there is a need at some point for a convergence, not for, you know, I'm not saying one protocol will solve them all or whatnot, but there is a need for technologies or platforms that will allow convergence of the data and making sense of all this different kind of data coming from different devices, different protocols and so on into into something that is understandable, readable by all and and there are like many approaches to that but um i think that the pivot around digital twins there's something to say about um you know gateways and edge compute that will help distribute workloads workflows filter the data transforming the data um in real time at a high uh, high speed and the high throughputs and uh, standards will help because that will allow the industry to go faster and and agree on the fact that this plumbing that IoT is 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 universal, is just working, is just there, uh, and 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 it's not saying that there's no value in building IoT system and solution. Uh, but I think it's going to be uh, you know helping developers in particular if the industry is able to define these standards where they should sit, where they should be, and and uh, and the, and work together on defining these standards that will certainly make developers in the IoT realm a bit easier, life a bit
0: easier. Do you think, um, do you think Matter's help with that?
1: We're... So Matter, yeah, Matter, as a matter of fact, but intended, um, I believe that Matter is a very interesting, um, you know, attempt to solve something that's been a nightmare for a long time, which is world garden, um, you know, domains or spaces in, in the home automation area. Um, it's very focused on the scenario of smart home uh, and, and that's fine, uh, and, and I look forward to resolving that issue that, you know, today I have in my home myself, which is I have devices that connect to Google, other ones to Amazon, and I have smart things from Samsung, and everything kind of works until you try and put all them together into one scenario. You know um and and the non-techie person would expect a dimmer to work as a dimmer whether it's a samsung compatible thing or whether it's a you know amazon compatible thing or whether it's a apple HomeKit compatible thing to to name another one but it's not the case today there's no common ground there's no agreement on for example defining What's the structure of a dimmer's data? You know, a dimmer is it like two variables? Uh, you know, and in one binary is it four variables? And I don't know. I mean, and so th- there is something to say about you know the need for unifying these various um, these various implementations of home automation and smart homes. In that case, that I think Matter is is trying to address, and uh, and in a good way because industry big industry names are contributing are participating are seeing the need the value is not in that last mile of the solution it's in the service they will be able to sell to customers consumers in that case based on that infrastructure Um, and so i really hope that uh, this this example of matter in that specific domain of iot will help and that other ones will come up in the other domains. I mentioned OPC UA, I think it's a great one that addresses industrial um, IoT scenarios that people should definitely consider if not already on board. Um, and, and there are different levels, different, I'm not saying once again, there should be one only protocol for communication, one only protocol for authentication, one only protocol for you know cloud connectivity. Um, I think, We need different standards, but we need standards. We need to make sure that we're not reinventing the wheel or we're not building, you know, world gardens uh, like we've been doing in the past.
0: I think um, think there's a consensus around standardization and uh, the reduction of waste as well within our industry. If you look at, for instance, a USB-C cable right now, you know so all companies, uh, mobile phone producers need to use USB C as, as, as a format, so gone is life, and so on, right? And I think standardization enables us perhaps to get to the next level that we haven't been able to get to because you're always starting from ground zero, aren't you? You know, you're always building from scratch because things don't work together, and they you know they don't link in the way that they, they would. I think there's an inherent Kind of flaw sometimes with standardisation, and it's it's for profit and it's commercial gain. And you know how much do people want to work together? Really, you know. But yeah. but but I'm interested in your view on on the open source software movement because this really kind of underpins a lot of big industry now. If you look at Linux based systems, and you know many many years ago, you know Apple moved their OS to a Unix based system. Um, what is your view on, on open source software and, and the communities really accelerating collaborations through developers in IoT as well?
1: Yeah. I'm I've been, as I mentioned, you know, part of the Microsoft Open Technologies subsidiary for, for a few years and worked with open source. Um and also we were working in a way that was about not just working on open sourcing code for the sake of open sourcing code, but trying to have an impact on industry standards by demonstrating implementations uh, you know, through open source. And that was one of the main way uh, and reasons we we're doing um, open source and that people very often still do open source, which is the value is not in how it's implemented, the value is in its implementation. And in fact, now you have a piece of code that is available or doing something, and then you you will able to build on top without having to care about you know is it is it full of bug is it uh, you know compliant with this or that um, and so I think open source is is definitely a a something that everyone has to think about not as in I need to open source everything otherwise I'm not relevant but more as in you know, what is it that I can consume from the open source community or contribute to the open source community because. That is for the greater good. And I know it's kind of like cliche saying that, but at the end of the day, you know, that's what it is. More eyes in the code. And that's one of the origins in, in of, of the thinkers around, around open source, you know, more eyes in the code allow the code to be better. Um, and And that's something which, you know, happened to be true. Sometimes you have this, you know, evolution of an open source project that, you know, can go really bad because it gets bloated with, with you know, tons of things, but a, an open source project is well-driven that is uh, you know, maintained correctly by, by a vibrant team that communicates that, works together. Um, these kind of, of projects go a long way. Uh, and, and we're seeing that in the industry today. Uh, and most of the pro- these projects that are successful in the open source world, by the way, are all sponsored or supported by enterprises that are for profit, right? Um, I'm not super familiar with the details of the implementation, uh, within OpenAI code, but it's very visible these days. And as a matter of fact, it's open source. And the way these models are developed is in the open, but they are used for profit, right? And you don't know what's behind Bing implementation of, you know, GPT and what's going on there. You don't know what's going on with the, the, the background of, of how these are used exactly, but that's okay because the core of it is open source and everyone can look into it and can contribute, can use it as well, um, and will do their own thing there. And at the, at, at the end of the day, uh, IoT is same. there's a need to have pieces of parts that are shared so that we all use them together. And they will help define the standards that people will abide in respect and 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 uh, respond to. And so um I'm I'm a strong believer that open source is something that everyone needs to understand and and do the right way. When they need it, whether it's consuming or contributing, uh, and and you know be committed to it as well. I've seen so many projects that have been just like throwing code over the fence and just forgetting about it. That's not open source. Um, that's just dumping code and that's not real open source. Real open source is about catering for a project in the open, um, taking insights and input and contributions from others, member of the industry. Uh, and that's something that helps relationship between big companies as well. I've seen that firsthand collaboration between Google employees and Microsoft employees where maybe they were you know, execs butting heads, developers were just working on things, and contributing code and discussing and debating and, and on the best implementation for HTTP2 protocols, for example. Um, developers made it happen in the open thanks to open source project like Speedy and others uh, at that time. And so, you know, once again, strong deliver of open source and open source technologies made the right way and used it in the right
0: way. Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree. I think if you look at sort of peer-based programming and how much that's grown over the years as well, you know, it's taken lessons from open source technology. Um, you raised an interesting point earlier actually around, uh, you know, when potential programs actually suffer from too many, too much involvement, actually too much people getting in, involved. But but I guess that has, that has to be a kind of necessary evil for the greater good in general, right? Because if you didn't yep. have that, then Actually, it'd be a lot worse, wouldn't it? You know, it would be a lot worse if, uh, you know, we went back to that kind of fairly archaic V model kind of waterfall methodology in general for, for programming and developing the software um, yeah. so that, that, to, that it wasn't done in a collaborative way. Um, moving on, Olivier, if I could, I wanted to talk, if I can, uh, around the industrial metaverse and IoT transformation, with that, um, you've got some really interesting thoughts on where IoT is going. Specific sectors that you think are going to be the most impactful in years to come, and one of those was the industrial metaverse. Uh, now, yeah. I'm I now, now I know the metaverse and I know uh, the industrial context of IoT, but those combined, uh, I'd love to hear what that is in your view.
1: Yeah. Um, well, aside from being a nice buzzword, uh, that's... <laughs> it is a really know, nice
0: buzz. It's taken two it, buzzwords and put them together, basically.
1: It is, right? And and I know lots of people, especially in the tech world, that try to run away from buzzwords, right? However, I think this, this particular one is very interesting because it has a meaning that really can take shape and can can help us categorize or identify a set of technologies that exist today and that put together will define what the industry will look like in many domains, right? And and to me, it's like most mostly all of the domains. When we think about metaverse, we think about the next version of the internet. We think about the, the virtual reality or the augmented reality through the headsets. We've seen you know, Apple's announcements recently about um, their take on the HoloLens for Microsoft that came out a few years ago. Everyone is trying to get into that world of allowing human to be connected to the digital in an intuitive way, and so that's the metaverse in general. And so some people say, "Hey, it's just BS and buzzword and marketing, whatever." But if you put the industrial world before metaverse, that takes a different meaning in my in my perspective. That that visualization and interaction for a human with digital data and information is just part of the iceberg because to make the industrial metaverse possible you need to have your environment the things the people connected you need digital twins to create the relationships between the things these people this environments you need to create meta digital twins and then you need to inject analytics machine learning ai onto that digital twin model and its implementations to extract insights and then deliver to the user to the human the information they need where they need uh you know how they need it and allow them to make the decisions they need to make on time you know to be more efficient to be more productive as well as Allow human to automate processes that don't need human interaction anymore, and that will be more efficient with non-humans interactions. Um and so industrial metaverse to me is is really that definition of that set of technologies, once again, that exist today: IoT and embedded devices, uh digital twins in the form of platforms, uh machine learning AI, cloud supported or local on premises at the edge. Uh, as well as integration into business applications Uh, on the world of Microsoft that I know pretty well, Power Apps, Power BI, and the recent Microsoft Fabric announcement are really interesting because you now have a way to very simply integrate that data, which is complex, which is different types of format, different frequency of data and so on, deliver that to business users in a very intuitive way, in a very um, sensitive way, without the need for, virtual reality goggles, right? By the way, this is just the tip of the iceberg and one of the way to interact with the data. A, a good example of an, of an industrial metaverse scenario is when an operator on the factory floor is getting the information about what's going on around them in a more intuitive way. So yes, it could be using an augmented reality headset and visualizing the temperature, the vibration of that specific machine when looking at it. But it can also be a different way of getting that information. It could be a message that you get through Teams on your, on your phone. You know, at the moment, you need to have the information because you entered that room, and you're in front of that device. Um, you, it, the, the interaction with the digital world does not need to be through a headset. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'm making a joke, which is, you know, I cannot imagine operators on factory floors and wherever you know, wearing a, a one to two pounds device on their on their head all all, all day long, right? You add that to, you know, the, the helmet they're already are wearing, whatever goggles they're already wearing for safety and security, and that, that will not work. Uh that, that's gonna be neck day everyday for them as a workout. Um and you're gonna have like maybe you know physical therapist is a good job uh for that for, for the future if everyone in the industry is starting wearing um you know augmented reality headsets um and and that's that's the way i see that so just to sum it up to me industrial metaverse is a real thing that is being built and and addresses or or is relevant for many different industries whether it's in the smart building whether it's in the uh, you know uh, manufacturing world whether it's in asset tracking uh you know it, industrial metaverse is is something that maybe it's going to be a different name. I don't know. Uh, once again, buzzword, but it's an interesting one for helping us define what these technologies can, you know, when aggregated, when put together can help us build.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I completely get your point around the, the headset, the very well-known headset that was just announced as well. Um, it can't, it can't be, it can't be practical from a, physical point of view all day every day right so but it feels like we are on the kind of precipice at the moment of a convergence of IOT AR um, and the metaverse actually taking shape a bit more um, yep. you know and and,
1: and and I've seen just to, to add that there's there's one comment I, I got actually a couple times which is the notion of metaverse is is about also um, is there one or many? Is it, is it one metaverse or is it several metaverses? And there's something to say about the fact that in, in all industries, you more and more need to mix and match data from different sources, from different areas of your business, whether it's, you know, the factory floor. And now you need to integrate that data with your building, smart building information. Now you need to integrate with your workflows uh, and, and all the business application part of it, uh, all of that. And so at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 also about mixing and matching all these data from everywhere, right? Um so that's that's definitely to me even more relevant when we say metaverse is a term and the industrial metaverse.
0: Yeah, 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 ab- absolutely. Um I think um I think your views on it are 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 really on point actually with uh, what a lot of people are thinking but haven't managed to kind of conceptualize it actually. Um so I'd be interested to, to kind of take that to the next phase about where you think the future is going from your perspective and the evolution of IoT in coming years. And I guess the impact going back to our first point around the developer community and what that means. Um, and we spoke about your blog, which is you know literally just came out as we we're recording. You know the impact of what the developer is. Um, so I'd be curious to know your thoughts on that and where you see it taking shape. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. The blog post definitely summarizes, you know, where I'm standing when it comes to the importance of of developers and and the importance of learning IoT for developers in general. So being able to grasp what's going on at the edge on these devices, um, as at the same time as understanding where is that data flow going and how uh, and how it it impacts the business applications and business solutions, I think it, it's super important. And that's that's this new breed of developer. That um, you know needs to be uh, needs to be formed needs to be uh, trained, and I, I I recommend like last sentence of my blog post for new in career or early in career developers, just consider that because you know consider IoT scenarios. IoT is core to many solutions out there in most if not all of the industries. IoT is is a component that is. At the very core of gathering the data um, and, and throwing data into these digital twins, they're becoming pervasive in, in many industries. Uh, and, and so once you understand that, once you're really, you know, into it um, as a developer, you're able to jump from one type of project to another one very easily. And I think it's totally relevant to, you know, the way the new generation of developers is working, which is, you know, being curious, being jumping from one topic to another one, being willing to do that, uh, not especially specialize in one thing and become the hero in that very particular niche domain. I think IoT is perfect for that. So, you know, I started my career, you know, because uh, in, in a world of embedded, because I didn't know if I preferred software or electronics, uh, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't know which one I prefer. So I'm going to take the one that combines both. And it was called embedded at the time and it became IoT as time passed. and and it's, IoT has been, you know, adding on top of the same layers and adding new technologies, plus connectivity, plus cloud, plus AI, and and to me, that's what IoT has become. And and, uh, and IoT is pervasive, IoT is everywhere, uh, and IoT is core. One thing, though, is that the term IoT, and I don't know, you know, if we can make predictions, um, will the term IoT disappear? Maybe, as in, it's becoming mainstream. It's becoming something that, as a domain, you know, we, you might not talk about IoT. You talk about data from devices. You talk about smart building. You talk about, you know, maybe some implementations leveraging IoT. Um, it's like you know, in in a building or in a house, the plumbing and the electricity they are high behind. They are behind the wall. They are making it. They are making the house comfortable and work and 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 so on. And and but they are there. And IoT in in many solutions is there, not visible. It has to be invisible because that means it works. Uh and uh you need to have experts to to make it work correctly. Uh same way you need to have experts for you know your plumbing and electricity systems at home. Um, you know, IoT developers to me are the ones that um will be able to uh you know develop this kind of solutions that are invisible to the users uh and 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 you know there's a future there a big one i think it's super promising and i definitely recommend everyone to with, even if they're not just starting their career or like maybe changing their career reevaluating what they need to do or want to do iot not only is fun but is to me you know something that you should count on will it be called iot in the future and we're seeing some companies you know dropping the name iot saying hey we're not doing we we kind of like changed the way or reorg things and um the way you do iot is changing Right, so you you need less and less of the specialized services, um, especially in the cloud. You can rely on more mainstream ones, but still, you need to have specific developers who have this multidisciplinary, you know, acumen um, that uh, you know that are able to grasp what's going on down there on devices all the way up to the cloud uh, to implement IoT solutions in a scalable and in a uh, robust way.
0: Hmm. I think uh, I think your comment around. IOT and what we call it IOT is the same as, you know, if there were podcasts 20 years ago, would we be having a podcast on the internet, right? And talking about the internet, you know, we don't talk about the internet anymore, you know? And I've sort of gone on record saying that a few times in the past. It's, it is just a fabric. Um, to complete, I completely agree with you. And also from someone that studied embedded Linux at university, uh, I can understand your your reason for that. You know, with, with software defined movement moving more and more towards uh, taking what was a kind of nuts and bolts type machine like the car for instance the need for embedded is more more popular than ever right you know we're always going to have devices there's always going to be software running on it and there's in fact there's going to be software running on more things now pretty much everything in the future and so yep. that that interface and that kind of lower level embedded code that's needed before you can start bolting stuff on top, it's, it's going to be there. So one of the last points I was going to ask you, Olivier, for, the, for all of the developers that listen to this, and we have quite a lot of developers that listen to this, and it's quite a technical podcast, is, um, you know, how can people safeguard themselves in the future then? Is it is it kind of just looking at core kind of skills that are transferable? Um, special, you mentioned about specializing in certain areas, so certain protocols, for instance. What is, what is your view on that for, for people that might be a little bit concerned and want to safeguard their, their own professional future?
1: Yeah, I think, I think being specialized in one specific area or one niche area is, is something always good for a career, right? You can become an expert in one domain and really thrive there. Um, I do believe IoT is, is an opportunity to go beyond just being an expert in one thing. You can not be an expert and go really deep on one and then go a bit less deep in, on the next thing, which is next to it, right? And that story can extend. Um, it, 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 let me actually illustrate that with an example. If you've been developing for embedded devices that are connected lately, you might be familiar with the MQTT protocol. And as a matter of fact, MQTT is a very interesting aspect. It's been de- developed first for connecting devices between each other, establishing a pub sub network, you know, on-premises between devices. Uh, you have a notion of bro- broker and clients that talk to it and exchange information through that broker. Well, guess what? Since cloud entered into the story of IoT, MQTT became a protocol used up in the cloud. And now you can transfer that knowledge and understanding of PubSub you know, as a mechanism of messaging. You can transfer that into different types of application, not just limited to the embedded part of the communication or the scenario. Um, and so by by extending your knowledge, learning more about what's going on around your, whether embedded devices, whether cloud application, you definitely set yourself for success or I would say for job stability because, or, or you know, perspectives, because you're not, you know, with, you know, blinds and not able to move forward and just entangle into one single set of technologies or very niche domain. Uh, and it gives you that opportunity, gives gives you a chance. You can, if you're designed to, become the expert in that one thing, right? We still need people coding assembly. Not so many of them out there left. You still need people to build device drivers in C and C++ for specific hardware, uh, where where you optimize everything, and you cannot rely on middlewares, you know, uh, that you can find in Arduino and others. Great platform, by the way. Um, but you you need to have some of the expert. You need to have developers building these platforms, these abstraction layers. Um, so becoming an expert there can definitely be a choice in your career. Um, but IoT, I believe in general, gives you that opportunity to go beyond, to be curious about the big picture, to be, to be testing things, to, you know, you're building a cloud part of an IoT solution. Well, it has to play with a device that goes with it. You know, uh, use prototypes, not just simulators, uh, in in your day to day as a developer. And maybe you'll discover things that you know that that hardware thing does not work as the simulator. Because simulator is just optimal and just work uh, as a software piece. Uh, and and when you you put the hardware in there, as we all know, and you put a magnet next to it, or you put it under or over something that is overheating, whatnot, you, you suddenly have a different behavior. And and you know, as a developer, it's super interesting. To try and understand why, and then go look at the code and and look at the hardware, and try to understand what's going on uh, and why you're receiving data you were not expecting on your backend solution. Um, so, so, to me, really, it's about uh, you know learning more than just the one thing you're working on and learning what's going on around it, uh, which is very particular to, to the IoT domain.
0: It's some fantastic advice. It really is. So so. Uh, so worthwhile and so take home for many, many people. Thank you, Olivier, for sharing that. Um, well, thanks for having me here to share that. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Uh, as we come to, to wrap up the podcast today, uh, we always go through a couple of questions that we ask every guest, and, and you, uh, you're you going to get the same questions, Olivier.
1: Okay. Um,
0: prediction for IoT this year. What do you hope will come into fruition for 2023 in IoT?
1: Well, to me, twenty twenty three four these this like this period for IoT is going to be an interesting um, lot interesting space, and and what I'm foreseeing is switches and strategy changing strategies from many companies, and uh, we'll see you know mainstream services like or standards or 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 uh, technologies pop up and being more and more um used and relevant in that space. So... IoT continues to be streamlined to be mainstreamed uh and uh, and that's that's not going to slow down uh we'll we'll see will we see some names of IoT dropping down maybe i would i would expect so but not disappearing but changing in you know, a morphing um whether it's from big companies or smaller one i i would expect things to evolve really fast in the next few months and year in the world in the world of IoT uh but but IoT is there to stay and is something that is big and will grow. And, and in my blog, I'm showing some of the numbers that some analysts have been uh, pulling out. And that's that's staggering. It's super interesting. It's it's there to stay and to grow. And that's what I expect for IoT in the next few months and
0: years. Fantastic. Thank you. And a couple of quick fire questions. What is the most unusual or unexpected use case of IoT that you've ever come across?
1: Uh, well, the one we made a lot of fun with was Connected Cows, um, an actual solution that was about connecting cows to measure their, um, uh, you know, their temperature remotely and being able on big herds to detect which ones will or are pregnant and, and set them apart to make sure that they would have a good pregnancy and, and get their calf to, to leave, um, you know, long. And so that there was an interesting one, uh, an interesting real implementation, actually, not just, uh, not just demo, proof of concept, connected cows, definitely.
0: <laughs> it's a couple of times I've heard that actually. It's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, it? It is. If you could learn any new skill this year, Olivier, what would it be and why?
1: So I decided not to be like everyone and to learn AI this year, um, <laughs> because I already knew some about it. Um, but I think, what I do want is to scavenge some of these um, newly arising or growing protocols like Matter uh, and uh, and go tinker with them. Arduino Pro is an area I really want to dig into as well. It's, um, it's super interesting to see how the world of makers and enthusiasts and hobbyists uh, you know, can impact the industry uh, and, and professional world. And I really want to spend time digging into that.
0: Excellent. And my final question, uh, if any actor could play a story of your life, who would that actor be?
1: If any actor, as in in cinema actor?
0: As in cinema actor.
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm not a big... um, I like action movies. It's kind of (laughs) If I had to place, like, an action movie... So, like, a
0: Stallone uh, or Schwarzenegger, something like that? Like,
1: like, um, yeah, or Tom Cruise or, or, you know, something. Like Tom Cruise, like him. I like him. Yeah. And, you uh, look a little
0: bit like Tom Cruise, actually.
1: Why? Yeah. yeah. I have told that.
0: Yeah, yeah. have you? I'm, I'm
1: taller than him. He's
0: small. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, it's been excellent having you on the IoT podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find out more about you? Twitter, LinkedIn, I assume?
1: Twitter and LinkedIn, definitely. Um, you can you can find links down there in the description or somewhere. Uh, and uh, I've got this blog as well that I will, I just restarted blogging, uh, you know, with that one blog we just mentioned. So oliviewblog.com is where it's going to be. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, social media definitely is, uh, is a good place to
0: find me. Absolutely. I can't get the Tom Cruise thing out of my head now as well. Uh, you've, de- you've definitely <laughs> heard that before. Uh, just just a, lot, a lot taller and a lot more technically adept, I would say. Uh, I, don't
1: know. I don't know what he knows about IoT, though. <laughs>
0: probably probably not a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for tuning in to the IoT podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. See you next week for more IoT Talks and tales.